Warning. This is the most important podcast of our lifetime. Hello, everyone. <laughs> what is Hapatarian? So what is, what is Hapa? So when, so when you put together Hapatarians, what, what is that? You know the thing. They're here to, <laughs> they're here to awkward it up for you guys. Which is a very interesting and beautiful mix of humanity. Anyone who has a podcast. You're an extremist. Shut up. All right, let's, let's get to it. Hey, what's happening? And welcome to the Hopitarian Show, the number one podcast hosted by someone who never takes his beanie off, ever. Please don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and in the comments, tell us how much you love the Hapa ethnostate. Our guest today is someone who is the biggest advocate that I know for Trump Kaczynski 2024, and I wouldn't even be surprised if he has the Guinness World Record for most time suspended off of Twitter. It's the host of the Pete Quinones show, Pete Quinones. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Thanks for inviting me. I'm doing okay. Uh, thanks for coming on. Um, so we'll just get right into it. Um, so one of the main reasons that I, I wanted you on is because uh, I wanted to read a tweet that I'm sure you're very familiar with, I, I guess we can uh, say. Um, so I don't want to say this person's name because who gives a shit but um i think what he tweeted was interesting to say the least so his tweet goes i don't think policing ideas is possible or moral i am okay with policing actions that harm people or violate people's rights so you keep the kid from getting the surgery he's talking about like trans surgery and getting your dick or breast cut off whichever so you keep the kid from getting the surgery until they're an adult or remove them from any parent or who, who mutilates them in secret. Bad ideas wear off. Now it's that last part, bad ideas wear off, where I saw that. I mean, the, the whole thing is just like a complete, like, what, what the hell are you talking about? But that bad ideas wear off, I just don't understand that because you can make the argument, and I'm sure anybody out there can make the argument, well, any idea can be considered a bad idea there's so many ideas out there in the world now that someone can think that conservatism is a bad idea progressivism is a bad idea libertarianism is a bad idea so pete why what do you think about that like do you think bad ideas wear off and if not then what are we doing here then well i think that bad ideas can wear off if they're allowed to but if they're promoted they're not going to wear off. I mean, the Federal Reserve was a bad idea. As as constructed, it was a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Why hasn't it worn off? Well, because it's pushed. It's taught that it's the only way. Um, it, it's the way forward. It, it's the way to build wealth. It's the easiest way for somebody to build wealth, um, for an average person to build wealth. Um, it's if we... You know, are you going to have gold in your house, you know, just stacked up in your house? I mean, the Federal Reserve was a bad idea, but it's promoted. So fast forward to trans. The trans thing is pushed in people's faces I mean, and it's not organic. It wasn't something that happened because you know, I, mean, I think every one of us probably remembers somebody who was trans or at least cross-dressing 10 15 years ago 
And but this is something very different. And this isn't this didn't grow out of that. This grew out of somebody promoting it, somebody with a lot of money, um, somebody with uh, an agenda. And the problem is, is that, yes, maybe in an individual, the bad idea will disappear. And, you know, given enough time, they'll see the error of their ways. But generally, if you are surrounded by people who are propagating this bad idea as well, and, you know, we've heard all these stories about how one, you know, one person in like a high school will go trans and then like four of their friends will. I mean, these numbers just don't work. These, I mean, you have a better chance of hitting the lottery than that actually happening that being um, organic. When you have ideas that are being pushed that are mutilating people that is basically will keep them hooked to pharma for the rest of their lives, um, will cause emotional problems. And there's probably already emotional uh, and mental problems from the start bad ideas don't like that don't go away especially when they're pushed by who people deem as the authority this regime and yeah i I just the idea that you you don't crush bad you you crush bad idea if you if your child has a bad idea starts smoking cigarettes when they're 10 years old you're going to step in it and you're going to stop that with force if necessary um i don't understand how people can look and not see that this isn't something that a decision that people are making on their own it's almost like this mass kind of brainwashing this mass kind of psychosis that is taking advantage of a people that um you know, obviously not everyone is turning trans, but there's a small segment of the population that is, you know, is inclined towards this kind of brainwashing. I, well, stop that. Stop that. I mean, it, I honestly believe these are the kind of people that if you brain, if you, if it was put out there that, you know, 1400 on the SAT is, is, and I don't even know how they score SATs anymore. That's how old I am. It was, it was perfect score when I was a kid. It could be different now. But if you say 1400 is the only acceptable score, these are the kind of people who will be like, that's what I'm, that's what I'm aiming for. That's what I'm going for. Now, that's a form of brainwashing as well, but it's not, they're not chopping their dick off. <laughs> right. It, it's it's crazy that it's come to this, right? Like, it's now come to, yeah, ki- uh, ki- uh, boys getting their dicks chopped off and girls getting their breasts removed or whatever. And I I just don't understand how people can look at that, especially now being a dad. It's it's completely different mindset because I, like for my journey and well, journey or whatever you want to call it, going from like in 2020, I was kind of just this. I don't know, like 
I guess I was a naive guy, you know. Oh yeah, I just you know do whatever you want. <laughs> well, you we know. were we were hanging out. We were hanging out in New York for friggin' for debates. Right. Debates right. that mean nothing, you know. In the in the you look back on them and you're like, well, that was great for social hour, but it really didn't. You know, whose life did that change? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a great hang, uh, but yeah, at, at like kind of like the the end of the day, the big picture of it all. Yeah, it was just like a little speck of time and. So how I went from that to where I am now, I've had a huge shift. And and I know you have too, where you've had this huge shift from where you were in 2020. And I know the COVID thing really helped escalate that. And then that, that was also my experience, but then having a, having a kid, it was like, oh yeah, there's a lot more to life than, oh yeah, partying and smoking or whatever. I mean, not, not that I'm saying I do any of that stuff, but just to hold that it's not just about you anymore. It's, there's more things in life that are a lot more important than just you know, like, you know, when am I going to, when am I going to go bang the next whore or something like that? You know what I mean? Um, and so I think that the, that that's kind of what frustrates me seeing people that are just okay with this, or they're willing to kind of just, well, it's not hurting me personally. So why should I have a problem with it? I, I I just can't I can't I can't understand that and it's the same thing now kind of what we're going through with um like like uh you know like miscarriages or anything like that you, you see how people can they try to compare that to oh well ba- baby's nine weeks old look at it looks like a fucking it looks like a cum shot it's like excuse me sir you don't know what the fuck you're talking about when you see a picture of a fucking nine week old baby it does not look like that it, there's actually a head and there's some eye it looks like a human being I'm sorry so no I don't care. Abortion should be illegal. I don't give a fuck. That's it. If you have an abortion, and if you're forced to do it, and you're like young and not and naive and don't know what you're doing and stupid, then there's I definitely get that because there's some women out there who've done that where they just, they didn't know what they were doing, and now they look back at it and it's a huge, huge thing they think about, and it's grief. I'm talking about like nowadays where all these women are just. Oh, I've had I've had ten abortions. <laughs> they wear a t-shirt or whatever. Oh, let me flaunting all shit. I'm like, come on. I, I I just don't understand how people can look at that and just think of it as like a trophy. Well, think about where you know, you just said that you have no problem with abortion being illegal, and, and I I don't either. Within within the current paradigm, of course, but. When it comes down to it, the fact that we even have to argue whether it can be legal or illegal really shows where we are. The fact that there are people who, you know, we're sharing a polity with and, you know, sharing a quote unquote culture with who think it's okay, that's a problem. You know, mm-hmm. it, how did you, know, it's just like the trans issue. Well, how did it become okay for? Um, abortion for people to believe that abortion is um, you know, there's nothing. It's a neutral. There's nothing. There's it's actually good. It's good for women. Um, well, it's again just like the trans thing. It's a narrative. Someone designed that narrative and put it out there. People caught on to it. It was taught in the schools as well, and. You see it in the press, and they just saturate with it, saturate with it. And enough people, if you get enough people to latch on to it and say it's a good, and 
not only that it's a good, but anybody who says it's not a good is actually evil and wants to control people, wants to oppress people, wants to tell women what to do, wants to treat women like property, things like that. I mean, when it comes down to it, if we had a proper culture, I mean, the question of whether abortion was wrong or not, that wouldn't even be a question. It would just be a given. You know, mm-hmm. I remember talking to the first time I had Oren McIntyre on the show, um, you know, we were talking about covenant communities and, you know, Hans Hermann Hoppe talking about covenant communities, you know, and I, I told them and I said, you know, it'd be like the kind of thing where you come in, you sign a contract saying this, you know, <clears throat> you'll give up this right, this right, this right, this for this liberty to have all these liberties and to also have the security of being around people who are like minded and share your values. And <clears throat> Orange just stopped me right there and he's like, that won't work. And I'm like, well, why won't that work? He goes, because as soon as you have to put it, if you have to put something down on paper, it's not going to work. Because mm-hmm. it should be able to be unspoken. It should be able to be, if you're sharing a, a polity with people who share your values, they're unspoken. The only reason you even write them down is to formalize it. It's not to enforce it. It's not, you know, writing words down on paper shouldn't be an enforcement mechanism it should be a um this is what you know this is how we formalize what we believe this is like our mission statement and a mission statement isn't wouldn't be like laws you know as soon as you have to put down what what you can't do what you're what you're not allowed to do and what you then what you are allowed to do you're basically saying this needs to be enforced and it shouldn't have to be enforced. Everybody should be on the same page already. And that's another thing that frustrates me too, is that there's people out there, conservatives, uh, where they're saying, oh, you know, I have no problem with people who are living in the same neighborhood, but they all have different ideas and different beliefs and all stuff. And I'm just thinking, how in the hell is that even going to, how, how is that even possible? I mean, I, I guess, I guess you could, I guess you can argue that maybe it's, it's happening right now because I have no idea what my neighbor thinks, but for, for all I know, they could hate, they could hate me because, Oh, you believe in this? Well, screw it. Like if everybody put their political beliefs out there in the world, I guarantee you a lot of those people, if, if they knew that their neighbor was different from them, Oh, oh shit! I gotta get the fuck out of here. I, there's no way I'm living with so and so because he believes in this or whatever. Like, there's no way. I just don't. I just don't. I can't understand that there's people who would think that too. And that's another thing where it kind of like it was like shattering all these things that are all these pieces that I had set where oh yeah, I believe in this, and then seeing uh, all these different uh, beliefs and I no nah, no nah, I have my beliefs and I'm gonna stick to them no matter what. I mean that, and I think that's fine if you get to that point where you feel like that's that's it, like this is it. But I also think it's it's natural for humans to grow, not just obviously, you know, anatomy wise, but you know, mind and and belief and, and all that stuff. And I think when and I know you see it because I see it. I don't I don't comment, but I definitely see it where people are like, I can't believe you said this. And you used to be like this five years ago. Pete was pretty cool. Now I can't. And it's like, maybe he just learned different things and he had different experiences than you. So that's why he feels the way he does now. Well, particularly with libertarianism. And I mean, I think you know how hardcore I was. I mean, I have 
did a freaking documentary on anarcho-capitalism. Yeah. You know, it's on, it's still on Amazon prime. And, you know, I stand by the fact that I made it and I like a lot of the ideas, especially the decentralizing ideas in there. But I think one of the things that bothered me the most is I like my arguments to have some, if I'm going to make an argument for something, I like to be able to refer to reality and refer to some kind of practicality for it. And I think the big problem that I found with libertarianism is that I just kept making moral claims. Hmm. And when you're making moral claims to justify your position and to justify what you think the world should look like, you have to be able to back those up in some way. How are you going to enforce them? And, you know, when you look at something like say abortion and in the current paradigm that we live in, if you're going to stop abortion, you're not gonna be able to stop it completely. But if you are going to, to drastically reduce it, make it very hard to access, you're going to have to use force. You're going to have to use the force of the state. And I couldn't run around. And after seeing 2020 and seeing, how people reacted to, you know, a virus and, um, you know, threats of, you know, I mean, we, we pretty much knew immediately that you and I, that I knew you weren't, you know, people your age weren't going to die. Um, I knew there was a chance, a slight chance people my age were going to die, especially if we were in poor health, but it was mostly happening to 75 and 80 year olds. And, um, you know, the average, I think the average age and like the first six months of people who were dying from it was like higher than the average life expectancy. Hmm. So when I saw that people were not only going to bow down to it, but that there was a whole segment of the population that was going to enforce it. And how are they enforcing it? They were basically using um, the libertarians argument that of morality. Oh, you're immoral. You want you you know you want grandma you want to kill grandma and everything like that. It really made me go, hmm. So I think I'm moral. They think I, I think what I'm doing and what what I'm advocating for is moral. They think what they're advocating for is moral. How do we solve that issue, especially if they're complete opposites? And the only well <laughs> separation would be the easiest, um, you know, splitting up divorce, some, some way, shape or form. Um, but if you are forced to live together and you do not want those people to be able to control your life, like they did for, for many people two two and a half years, you're going to have to be willing to do things, um, get your own power, whether it be local or how, or however, and make it appear legitimate in people's eyes. I mean, that means running for office, coming mayor, becoming sheriff, whatever. And you're going to have to force your, make sure that your morality and your opinion trumps theirs politically. And the only way you can do that is with force. And once I came to that conclusion, you know, my, my, and capism and libertarianism 
um, you know, immediately people were like, well, you're not an AMCAP, you're not a libertarian. And I'm like, I'm alive. And, you know, I didn't stick a needle in my arm, um, even though I, I faked it on a trip to New York and had a nice little, uh, like, a, <laughs> like a Scott's thing. And people were like, oh, you took the, sh- you took the jab. And I'm like, you know how easy it was to get one of those cards? just about everyone i knew had one of those cards um you know some people were just like well i don't want to use it out of principle okay that's fine but you know i wanted to be there for scott's debate and everything and i did but to get back to if you are going to defeat these people i mean and these people they won the you know they won the election in 2020 they won the election in 2020 and they're in power and basically what i see them doing is punishing seeking to punish in any way shape or form people who questioned the COVID narrative questioned the election narrative um questioned the ukraine narrative now question the trans narrative um and that's because these people have power and if we want to stop them we are going to have to figure out some way to do it using power. And by using power, you're also going to have to be willing to use force in order to do it. Maybe you don't do it personally. Maybe you back somebody. Maybe you have somebody who, you know, I don't want people, I would never run for office because I don't want people looking through my finances. <laughs> and you have to put your finances out there and everything. And um, I'm not saying that my finances are great. I'm just trying really for somebody who puts as much of himself out there i'm really private about that um just family taught me that way um if you back somebody if you back the sheriff if you are somebody who is an advisor a uh, an advisor who's not on the books not getting paid no problem with that we're gonna have to get power in order to overthrow these people lives when i interviewed paul gottfried recently I had been thinking in my head and I had said it and caught a lot of crap for it is that I think that this regime, the way it's going, the only way it's going to be defeated is through right-wing authoritarianism, a a right-wing authoritarian movement or leader to rise up and to crush these people. And that's what Paul Gottfried, who's, you know, known everyone from like Sam Francis and James Burnham to um, um, Marcuse, you know, mm-hmm. he's known commies is like, yeah, I, I agree. The only thing that's going to stop this. Um, and I see it in history as right wing authoritarianism. And at this point I have no problem with that. I, I, I don't, you know, it's like, like um, Charles Haywood says, Charles Haywood says, everyone's like oh well how do you know he won't set his sights on you well i'm not a parasite mm-hmm. he's only going to set his sights on people who are a threat to him i'm not a threat to him i wouldn't be a threat to him or to that movement i would do everything i could to support it because we have we're being basically controlled by people who have the same kind of attitude as like the bolsheviks that there are people who, because they believe certain things, they believe in God, they believe in family, um, they believe in right and wrong, you know, objective truth that these people shouldn't be in society. And if they can't be jailed or if they can't, they will do anything to stop them, you know, and 
I'd rather have somebody, you know, it's at this point, it's you're either going to beat the crap out of someone or get the, the crap beat out of get the crap beat out of you. And you know, I'm sorry, but the, the things that I used to advocate for everything I've seen in the last three years, it's all gone right out the window. There's just no, maybe that can, that can come later. I mean, I actually think that if you had a right wing authoritarian and he cracked down, parts of the country could be very libertarian, actually, very libertarian, actually. Um, but you're not going to, you're not going to have that with this. And you're not going to change what exists right now with live and let live or with, um, you know, being so principled about not using the power of the state. I would use the full, I would, if I was in charge, I would use the military Hmm. to do, to achieve my goals. And, you know, I know that sounds, you know, some say Machiavellian, some would say LARP, you know, I'm LARPing. Okay. You say whatever you want. (laughs) It's fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm good with that. It does. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't accuse me of anything you want, but, um, I don't see a libertarian or anarcho-capitalist solution out of this. I see there are some things in, you know, that libertarians talk about that can be used to mitigate in the meantime damage, but those aren't really even, you know, like um, private property and um, decentralization or homesteading, things like that, growing your own food. Those aren't specific to libertarianism. So I am, yeah. The whole the whole morality thing. The whole once you realize that you think you're the most moral person, and you know the leftist who wants you, you know to hold you down and stick a needle in your arm thinks they're moral too. Mm-hmm. You have a dilemma. There is a dilemma, and there's only one way to solve that dilemma. And it kind of makes you wonder how sound of a philosophy libertarianism is if there's. Two people who claim to be libertarian, but like you're saying, one believes that you should get the jab and the other one says no. How how can those two correlate if if they both believe that they're the, they're libertarian? Yeah, that, that's another thing that kind of doesn't make any sense. And then you also mentioned uh, you know using power to gain the goals that you would that you would like to see be achieved. And libertarians, for the most part, I'm sure there's some that aren't like this, but for the most part they seem to have this mentality of if you do vote for someone in some high ranking, uh, like high ranking official, whatever, that they're just gonna, they're just not going to do anything. And I like that, the famous Adam Kokesh being, Oh, if I become president, then I'm going to leave the next day. What's the point then? (laughs) What's the point of running if you win and then you're just going to leave the next day? Like It's almost like, okay, I won. Bye. And I was like, wait, what the hell? I just, I voted for you. I put my time and effort into this and now what? So I I think, I think there was kind of like a, a mishap there and, and I'm nowhere near as well read as you are Pete. So I'm just kind of just based and I'm kind of like floating all this in my head, trying to like wrap it on like, well, it's log- it, it, yeah. so much of it is logical. You don't even, I mean, sure, some theory, and you know, I, I've even really concentrated less on theory now and more on history. 
looking at historic um, examples of uh, what we're seeing now. I mean, it's yeah. just lo it's logic. You don't have to be, you know, you don't, you don't have to be a, a Carl Schmidt scholar like, you know, Paul Godfrey. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, I guess I was kind of saying that, yeah, because you are right that your show has definitely gone a completely different direction, which I'm sure many of your listeners really appreciate. I'm one of them. And it's, it's really been something where I'll listen to an episode and I'm like, huh, hadn't thought of it that way. That's really, it, you know, instead of kind of listening and hearing the same things over and over and over again, you know, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And cap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If we just live in campus, that'd be great, but we don't live in campus. So what about what the fuck? Now what do we do? We live in 2023 America. So now what do we do? We don't live in freaking 3,000 in Kapistan whenever that's going to happen. You know, I mean, who knows? Maybe that will happen in a thousand years. But again, that's a thousand years from now. Hmm. We're not going to live that long. I mean, unless some major medicine thing comes out. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we want to we want to plan for the future. We, you know, we want what's that? What's that? Um, they say, you know, plant a tree that you'll never you'll never sit in the shade. Mm, yeah, 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 and I, I, I know what I'm what I'm advocating for. Um, if I if I feel it in my lifetime, it's going to be at the most local level. I, I mean, it's right right now. We're just we're fighting for the future now, you know, and I, and I've accepted that, you know, and I remember it was like last year sometime. There was a you know just a very spurgy autistic you know showing up in my my youtube comments and you know talking about um you know and cat why don't you talk about Ancapistan anymore i'm like well because Ancapistan is not going to happen and you know they're like well you know tom and i think he said like tom woods thinks it's going to happen and i'm like you know tom woods thinks it's going to happen and it'll happen soon and i'm like okay so i immediately texted tom woods and i said you know do you have time to come on the show you know, and one of the things that I did was I ended it by, you know, by saying, you know, if you, you know, I made him a bet, I said, you know, would you, um, would you bet this body part that, you know, and Capistan would happen in the next 50 years? And he's like, no, are you afraid? Yeah. <laughs> like, you hope for some kind of secession and decentralization in the next 50 years, and then you just start working towards everything, which means that Tom understands just like I do that the work that we're doing right now we're not going to see the benefit of it, for, of it. And that's, that's fine. You know, it's, you know, I don't think, I don't think of myself as a great man at all. I just think of myself as somebody who, you know, is very interested in ideas um, that are outside of the mainstream. And I'm also somebody who looks at, you know, has a vision of the world that is drastically different than, the world as it exists right now so i look into the past and i'm like what can i glean from what's happened and how do i you know can some of these ideas in the past work so let me push them out there and hopefully they'll take hold and the next generation will pick up on them and the next generation um until we can get to the point where you know, maybe this thing falls apart on its own or, you know, a, somebody puts a grand plan together where they get enough people in like 50 state houses. 
and then you get someone elected and you work on dismantling or you get like you know a caesar or a franco who rises up and just burns the whole thing to the ground and becomes dictator and i mean i'm i'm fine with the last one too i have no problem with that but yeah i mean i don't expect the work I'm doing right now is, you know, and I, I mean, I, I assume that once I'm gone, I mean, I'll be forgotten. You know, I don't think my name's going to, you know, it's going to be like Murray Rothbard and people are going to be talking about him or, you know, or Oswald Spengler that, you know, a hundred years later, people will be mentioning my name, but, you know, just do my part. And hopefully one day the, you know, the, you know, if there is an afterlife and I think there is, you know, I'll be able to see the fruits of whatever I did, if even if it's you know, a thousand years from now. But you know, I I still honestly believe that if people really concentrated at the local level right now, and really concentrated on getting into small towns and um, working a good strategy, that you could see a lot of the kind of peace and the kind of um, high, high trust culture uh, building that, you know, what, what it takes to have real order and, you know, nonviolence. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I, I think I've been working towards it. And I think, you know, what I've done recently is really going to pay off over the next six months personally for me. But, you know, I've also told people, I said, don't until you get your, your own situation set up that, you know, you can uh, maybe grow some of your own food and, you know, maybe ha have an income that's not dependent upon, you know, getting, you're not an industry where you're getting canceled maybe not think about um, becoming politically active, um, definitely not running for office uh, until you do that. Um, it's a lot. I think it's very easy to, I don't think it's very easy. I, I think it, concentrated effort for, you know, if you took really concentrated on like two or three years of improving yourself and your situation you can get yourself into it with really good planning and even a little bit of luck. Hmm. You can um, you can get yourself in a situation where you you'll feel like, well, you know, the state really isn't the state really isn't touching me here. The state's not. Um, I don't think about the state twenty four seven like you know somebody who you know, would live in a city or something like that where you're always being touched by. You know, even the most local hand of the state. Yeah, and like you had mentioned, high trust societies and all that. That that's that would be a really hard thing to accomplish because, I mean, I know I don't trust everyone, so that would kind of be hard to trust your neighbors and all that. So, like you're saying, you kind of have to have that, um, like that mentality of working hard that, that concentrated effort that you're talking about and when you're also talking about like where congress has to do this every single like a lot of people in congress have to agree on decentralizing this and that i mean we see it all the time where 
we something's like, oh should we get rid of this and it's like no no we should just keep it <laughs> like it, it, so it, it kind of makes you be like yeah like you were saying the, the local level would be a more attainable goal to live your life and in, in, like in terms of like localism and all that and i mean you even were uh talking to somewhere they were involved in local politics but even that was extremely nasty where they were you know going after him and, and all that stuff because of something that he had tweeted or whatever it was you know and so it, it and it's it, it so i guess another thing too to add to that is that and i know you had mentioned this too about um when, when like when donald trump was running or I guess is running again, but the whole, like, he didn't give up everything because he still had that. Well, if it doesn't work out, I still have something to fall back on or something like that. Like you have to have someone that has to have that. I'm all, I'm all in on this. Like all the poker chips are in. I, I, I can't take this anymore. America is falling apart. What I'm seeing in with my own two eyes, it's not good. I want to try and make it better. So I'm going to put, I'm going all in. You can't just be like, I'm going to raise you 500,000, but I still have a few hundred thousand chips left here in my stack. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that's that. I mean, that's, that's a really hard thing to get to. And, I, and I'm sure you realize that too. Like you're saying, like, this isn't going to be something that's going to happen within our lifetime or two or three or however many lifetimes it's going to be. But if you're able to change a few people's minds about that and then they can tell their children about it and it just keeps on growing and growing. Then, yeah, I think you, you've made an impact. And I think even having a small impact, despite all the hard work you've done, I think is that that's gotta be gratifying. And I'm sure yeah, you've heard people be like, yeah, you know, I used to think this, but then heard, heard your podcast, your writing. And that's like, Oh yeah, it's completely, wow. A whole head, just to completely explain. It's like, you know, the, the, the gift, like the, everything's exploding. So to, to kind of, I guess, to wrap up that whole diatribe that I've been saying, where you're talking about decentralization and private property. And it's another thing that I wanted to have you on about is, is having order. And I know that we've kind of alluded to that, but having those three things, because you, you can have the first two, Without the third one, because if everyone's kind of doing their own thing and it's like, well, what if this person started doing that? Eh, it's fine. You have to have some kind of order to make sure that everyone kind of has this society that they want to live in. Because you don't want people moving away from that society. That's not going to be good for your economy. Well, it, order is the hardest part. You know, you mentioned, you know, it, I talked about high trust society, but I mean, you're at this point you just can't have that you're yeah you know you you would need a almost a, a true private property society something very or something very um intentionally planned so if you are going to say you come up with a plan to you know me and 10 people who think like i do we're going to get the mayorship, we're going to get the, the sheriff, and we're going to get the school locally. And you get it. Well, the way it works now is not everybody in that is going to be on your side. It's not not everybody is going to um, agree with you. And you're going to have people who are going to want to um, fight against you. But it's okay if they disagree with 
with you. You would definitely, you know, you would prefer to live around people who think like you do. And you're not going to have 100%. Um, you have to figure out what's most important. And, but you are going to have troublemakers. You are going, how do you deal with crime? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with, um, if your society, if if your town is a town of where the majority of the people go to church, you know, you have a you know majority Christian town. Like there are towns here in Alabama that are major, that are twenty five hundred people, and there's multiple churches. What do you do if you know someone wants to have? someone has like a pop-up gay pride parade Hmm. well i mean there's one way to make sure it doesn't happen again people don't want to really talk about that but you know there's you know you crush them i mean you arrest them you if they if they raise a, a, a hand you get 10 you know five times more violent than they are you have to make example you have to make examples of people i mean we're in a you know the the whole thing was if you look at like um back in the 1970s anita bryant down in florida she was like the florida orange juice lady she like did all the ads for florida orange juice Mm. and she was a christian and she was against homosexual, you know, like homosexual, they wanted to give homosexual special rights, you know, more like basically expand the civil rights act into, you know, include, and she's like, this is going to be a slippery slope. She goes, they're not going to stop here. They're going to want to get married. They're going to want to get married. They're going to want to adopt kids. They're going to want to have political power and will political power. And she was destroyed you know, life was destroyed nationally, nationally, national TV. She was right. You know, so the problem with degeneracy in general and, you know, leftist kind of, there's, there's this whole thing. I was talking to um, Bert Neocon remover and we were talking one day and, you know, I was saying, yeah, man, you know, I know, I know some right wingers who are just, you know, they're really like hedonists and everything like that. He's like, yeah, but they keep it quiet, right? They do it in private. They don't try to promote what they're doing, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Because the left doesn't do that. Hmm. When the left does something, when they, you know, decide, oh, polyamory is, you know, this is going to be the thing. This is what I'm into now. Um, They don't want to hide it. They want, they want to be, they want it to be celebrated. They want it to be legitimized. You remember um, Tom Woods, you know, somebody was talking about, and it was 2017 or early 2018, you know, sex work is real, you know, work and, you know, we need to celebrate prostitution. And he just went in on them, you know, it's like, if mm-hmm. sex work is real work, please put it on your um, resume when you, <laughs> you know, when you go for a job. Um, but they, they need it celebrated. And you see it with tra- with the whole trans movement now is not only do 
trans people not only are they supposed to be tolerated not only are many of them going to be on public health which you know taxpayers are going to have to pay for but you have to celebrate it and if you don't celebrate it and if you at all criticize it well you're the bad you're a bad person mm-hmm. you're to be destroyed um you're a fascist you're you know racist you're any number of these terms you know, we we look at what the regime has become where you know in San Francisco unless you go into a place a, a, a business and steal over a thousand dollars that you're not to be arrested you're not to be touched and even if you do steal more and you are arrested, you're slap on the wrist and you're out the next day. And, but, you know, if you, the person who uses a gun chooses to, you know, use a gun against somebody who's robbing and destroying their store, these people will have the book thrown at them. That's not order. That's literally chaos. It's asking people, it's asking good people who, you know, may have went out of their way to, you know, save for decades to start their own business, their dream to, you know, basically bend over and take it and, you know, hey, you have insurance, right? Yeah, just write it off on your insurance. Sure. We can't continue to live like this. And... Honestly, I, I I look at like places that don't have high crime in the world, and anywhere you look, it's homogenous society or a society that has discipline, like Singapore. You know, Singapore, you get caned publicly if you you know spit gum on the street. Hmm. I I'm you know. I know that it's very illiberal of me to say this, but I, I think really that's the way you keep order in the society. You know, and the funny thing is, is that if you look at Singapore, it is very, it's liberal. You know, people can pretty much do what they want. They can start businesses. They're, um, it's easier to start a business in Singapore than it is in the United States by far. Hmm. Make a lot of money. Um, they're pro pro markets, but they don't have crime. And when somebody does commit a crime, they make sure to meet out justice immediately. And I don't see any other way forward at this point, especially since we've gone so far off the rails. The, you know, people always talk about, you know, they say, well, you know, there's been such a swing, far swing to the left. When things change, it's going to be this huge swing to the right. And, you know, I, I say that it's gone so far off the rails that like a swing in the other direction now would probably end up in the middle. If, <laughs> you know, it, it, if it was to go all the way far right, I mean, that would be, that would be a miracle at this point. 
Um, but I think we need to, if we're going to have order, if you're going to have decentralization, if you're going to have private property, you are going to need order. And order comes in many ways. Uh, once again, societies that are high trust and or societies where people know if they step out of line, they're going to get disciplined for it. So you know, when I talk about order, I'm talking about the the natural and the um, the organic kind, like high trust and homogeneity, or you know, <laughs> discipline. And you know, at this point, I don't. I think on the local level, you could have um, you know, high trust, and but I think anything national or statewide is probably going to have a lot of discipline attached to it. And it's a scary thought for people, but you've allowed it to get this bad. You know, they've, they've allowed it. We've allowed it to get this bad. So how do we think we're going to fix any of this? Any at all. It's going to take drastic measures and drastic measures isn't, well, we just need to end the state or we just need to end public schooling or we just need to, you know, oh, you don't like Drag Queen Story Hour? Close all the libraries. The libraries should all be private. Okay, so you want private Drag Queen Story Hour where your kid's going to? What do you, I mean, what? Oh, well, then I don't have to send them there. You don't have to send your kids to public school either, but... You know, still 97% of the other kids are going to be going. And what are they going to be like in 20 years? I mean, you go online now and you start, you know, you talk about how um, how insane abortion is or how insane the Ukraine war is. And you just have people attacking you. How could you, did you know Putin? Don't you know Putin is just like Hitler and he wants to, you know, Put, put the band back together as far as the Soviet Union goes. Um, you know, is that what you want? Is that you, you want Hitler? Is that, <laughs> is that what you want? Really? I, you don't even want to ask me that question at this point. Um, but, you know, how do you, if they're this bad now, what are their kids going to be like in 20 years when they go into this, when they go into the same indoctrination camps? And those camps are only escalating in their insanity. I mean, you can homeschool your kids. And I tell people, you got to homeschool your kids. You can't let them go anywhere near these people. Um, but in the meantime, if, you're pay- if you own a house, you're probably paying property tax. And if you're paying property tax, it's going towards local education. Um, you should at least try and get you and a bunch of people who think like you do get on the mm-hmm. school board and do everything you can to change locally there are some towns around i've been reading articles from towns around the country and obviously when they're being reported on they're being reported as you know the the rebirth of the third reich where you know a bunch of people got together and got themselves elected and they just basically started firing all the leftists and um you know but i mean if you're scared of being called a Nazi at this point, I mean, I don't know 
I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know how to talk to you because um, I've just gotten to the point where that's just the default of people, people calling me, uh, even people who call themselves libertarians. So um, not only people on the left, but also they're useful idiots in libertarianism. Yeah. That story that you were mentioning about how, you know, the, they took over the school board and they're kind of firing all the people they didn't want there. I'm sure. I mean, you know, the whole, what about it? Well, if it was flipped, then all the people, they, they, they would do the exact same thing. They would not want any of the right wingers or any of the people to the, like, to the right of whoever. Get the hell out of here. We're, this is our school board now. We're going to do all the drag queen school story hours we want because we own this school. Okay, well, then get all the right wingers to own another school across the town and do something different over there. And then see who wins you know the whole uh, competition there you go have a competition of the school which school is going to have the most kids to go and who's going to have the one that most people want to go because oh we're actually learning something at that school as opposed to watching whatever the hell is happening at this other school watching people dressing up whatever which is really weird that i'll, I'll be watching a youtube video and then all of a sudden the fairy godmother pops up but it's not a lady it's not a lady but I, I, like when did that happen? That just happened like what a year ago. All of a sudden, all these freaking fairy godmothers are coming up, but it's not. It's a freaking man. Like, come on, it's fairy godmother. It's in the name, mother. It's not fairy godfather. Like, come on, what do you want, freaking Terry Tony Soprano? There, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crossed over into the absurd. It, it, it's absurd, and we we see it. And, you know, my wife reminds me of this all the time. She's like, look, you're not the only one who sees this. She's like, a lot of people are seeing this. Just most people aren't like you. Most people aren't willing to put themselves on the line, you know, to put themselves out there. Um, most people don't want to get fired from their jobs, and they can get fired for their jobs or having um, wrong opinions and everything. And, you know, people don't have the time to read like you do and things like that. And, and I'm, you know, once you realize that, that was another thing about libertarianism is, you know, a lot of libertarians would be like, you know, if we just get, you know, people to read this book, you know, people, <laughs> if we just get people to read Anatomy of the State, if we just get people, to read, you know, and I would love for people to be able to, you know, understand the, um, the nature of the state and exactly what it is. And exactly why the one that we're living under now is so horrific. But it's never been, it, it's very rare that you have a, a majority or not even a majority, um, but a, you know, a plurality of people who can cause change. You know, when it comes, when it comes down to it, it's normally a very small group of people, um, you know, like the founders, um, elites who come together and they're the ones who initiate change. They're the ones who, you know, because it's much easier for, you know, I try to figure out how many people in Washington, D.C. actually like run the country. And I'm thinking it's about probably around 2000. Okay. Mm. They don't all know each other. Um, I, I think a lot of them are not even the 535 in Congress. And 
but it's a lot easier to get 2,000 people on the same page than 335 million. So once I realized that if anything's going to change, it's not going to come from like this gigantic movement of people just all of a sudden waking up because it's not going to happen. Um, you can do things to people, to large masses of people that will cause them to rebel. But if, you know, ask yourself if 2020 didn't do it, what is going to? Um, once I realized that, you know, like elite theory teaches that you need like a small group of elites to replace the elites in charge. And, you know, you need those people to share your values and be on your side and be your friends. Um, that was actually white pilling that black pills. So many people, it mm. black pills so many people. And I don't know why that's so black pilling. It's so much easier to raise up like 10 to 20 people who, you know, are, pillars of the community or have you know have vast amounts of wealth um to defeat the elites in charge now and elites are always right people have this idea that oh all the elites are in elites are in it together i mean there are people there's a circulation of elites that happens all the time some people are elite some people you know and they get into elite positions and then they drop out and other people take their place Look at the Sacklers. The Sacklers owned this country for, you know, for, you know, a, a number, a number of years, and you know now they still do make a lot of money, but they do not hold the sway that they did at one at one time. Once you realize you, you know, ten to twenty people can really sway and start swinging things, that's the white pill. I mean, the the black pill to me is you got to get. A, you know, not a majority, but an insane amount of the population to start thinking about and wanting liberty. It's never existed. That's never existed. It's not people just, you know, it, it's the, the meme of people just want to grill. You know, and those are the people that the people that want to grill, you want them on your side, but they're not your thinkers. Hmm. You know, they're not people, they're not going to you know, you don't want people pulling the trigger for you because you don't want this to be violent unless it's done, um, you know, unle unless it's done legitimately, somebody gets elected and they decide that they're going to forcefully start making change. Um, but yeah, I, I once I realized that, yeah, I remember Kokesh one time said, eh, we just need to convince 10... 10% of the population. Like, that's 35 million people, man. Hmm. That's 35 million people. That is, that's an insane number. When you start thinking about it, you know, I, I grew up right across the street from Yankee Stadium. And when I was growing up, Yankee Stadium had like held 56,000 people. <laughs> and you know, you'd go in the stadium when it was packed and you'd be like, Look at this is an insane amount of people. Or you go to a Giants game in Jersey and um, playing a Giants game. I think it held 72,000 at the time. And you'd be like, wow. holy crap, this is an insane amount of people. I, I mean, I can't believe that there's this many people who are like interested in the same thing. 35 million people? Yeah. You think you're going to get 35 million people inclined towards, I mean, 
people vote Republican or most people vote Republican or Democrat out of tradition. Mm. Um, a lot of people then, you know, then you have your people in the middle who are, you know, the independent voters as everybody's trying for the independent voters. Those are the people who probably think a little more, but who of these people are radicals? Who of these people are, you know, there are a lot of people who voted for Trump who thought that Trump was going to change things. That should show you that the masses are retarded. <laughs> you know, like Osho, or what, what was, is that Osho who said that? He said, you know, democracy is great, democracy is bad, people, but the people oh, are yeah. retarded. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it, and they still, you know, that, that's one of the reasons why, like, Trump boomers, you know, God love them. But why they're so retarded is because, like, a lot of them never were into, like, seriously into politics until Trump. And then Trump gets into, um, you know, Trump comes into politics and they get into politics and they have no idea how politics works other than what they were taught in civics class. And what they were taught in civics class doesn't exist. It's just not, you know, it's, it's not real. So mm. then they had the hard wake, you know, they, they got woken up hard, you know, after the election and everything, because they, they saw what happened. And then, you know, I mean, what's a better wake up, what's a worse wake up call than January 6th, where people are being sentenced to 10 years. You know, I know of a guy who's being, who's looking at 10 years in prison who never went to Washington, D.C. Hmm. So it's like, I mean, they're targeting their enemies now, you know, and they're just doing everything they can to, I, I had a tweet yesterday where I said that, you know, the United States puts sanctions on foreign countries uh, and they punish the people trying to get the people to overthrow the government, to overthrow their government. You know, they tried to do it in Iraq, they tried, many places. Um, well, when you look at what they're doing now to Americans, you know, throwing Americans in jail for basically you know, taking a tour of the Capitol, um, what you're seeing is you're seeing them being punished for not only supporting Trump, but also for not rising up and overthrowing Trump and then having the audacity after the 2020 election to question it. Yeah. And so when you see people being punished for that now, it's look at, I look at it as the way they would try to sanction Iraq and, um, or the way they blockade Yemen. It's like, well, if the Yemeni people are starving enough, they'll just raise up, they'll rise up and they'll overthrow their people. You know, they'll, they'll overthrow their leaders. And, you know, the, you know, it, it was, I think it was Foucault of all people. Who you know said that once you, you know, once an empire, you know, once an empire got sick of overseas um, adventures, they would turn the armies inward. And we're, I think, we're seeing that now. I think, I think that's this regime that I estimate this regime has lasted since probably like the Treaty of Versailles. World War One, but it really came into its own power uh, through the New Deal. Um, yeah, I mean, 
good luck. Good, you know, it's, I mean, I don't think it's impossible, but it's not, if they've been doing it for a hundred years, it's not something you can do overnight. I mean, unless, yeah, there, there is a way you can do it overnight, but it would, um, it, it would be bad. Hmm. <laughs> it would be bad. Uh, well, um, we'll go ahead and end it there, Pete. Uh, <laughs> on, the, on the total black. <laughs> yeah. and, and which wasn't a Fed post. That wasn't a Fed post, people. I was talking about like, somebody getting elected like a Caesar or a Franco or someone like that, who just absolutely went crazy and started, you know, purging. So, um, yeah, I'm not, yeah, but you now if the person's, you know, democratically elected, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> yes. That's all that matters. <laughs> um, yeah. So let people know where they can find your show and follow you on social media and anything else you'd like to plug. Sure. Um, the Pekinyana show, any podcatcher i'm still on all of them youtube i um i only put up clips and then of the videos and uh, point you towards uh rumble odyssey and bit shoot because youtube demonetized me and i'm not gonna you know give them anything anymore um and PeteSubstack.com. i try to write three articles a week with the vacation last week i uh took some time off and you know, got my, um, got some new ideas and everything and fired one off yesterday. And I think I'm going to be back on the schedule, uh, my regular schedule Monday. And then, um, myself and some friends of mine on what is called the dissident, right. Uh, put yeah. together a little fraternity called the old glory club. And, um, we have a sub stack. We have a YouTube channel. We, live stream yesterday with uh, myself and Paul Fahrenheit. We had Tom Luongo on, who's still a libertarian, still calls himself a libertarian, to talk about the debt ceiling um, being um, you know, basically eliminated until 2025. And, um, yeah, we put out articles all the time, and uh, I try to do as much as I can as far as uh, appearing on live streams and chipping in, but there's some great guys over there like Paul Fahrenheit and David Distributist and um, who am I forgetting? Everyone. I'm forgetting. Oh, um, Radical Liberation, Stephen Carson, who meets with us two guys, edited one of Tom Wood's books. He's been around forever. And the, the brilliant Ryan Turnipseed just turned 20 years old and I'm like looking at him and I'm just upset at the level of knowledge that he has already. And I'm just, <laughs> oh, between him and like him at 20 and Paul Fahrenheit at like 23, 24 years old. I'm like, the future is bright, <laughs> but God, I wish I knew that much at that age. <laughs> well, better late than never, as they say, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, once again, thanks so much, Pete, for coming on. Really appreciate it. No problem. I appreciate, well, I appreciate you asking and, um, you know, anytime. And tune in next time where our guest will be Adam Morgan of Cinnabar Calisthenics. Really looking forward to that one. So, all right, we will see you in the next.
the 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 truck's backing up because they're hearing us. Uh, I think it's time to end this episode. And smash that like button. Yeah, smash that like button. Just break your computer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Bye. Bye.